0: Hi. I'm Megan Sykes. I'm a professor at Columbia University and director of the Columbia Center for Translational Immunology. I'm going to give you an overview of xenotransplantation in this lecture. So, the field of transplantation is limited by drug treatment-related complications, chronic rejection, and the availability of organs. So. One solution that would overcome all of these problems would be xenotransplantation, meaning transplantation of organs from another species, with induction of tolerance to avoid the drug treatment-related complications and chronic rejection. Currently, many more people need organ transplants than get them. These... uh, these ovals represent uh, the, the... people who need organ transplants, who have end-stage organ failure, uh, versus those... only a fraction of those make it to the waiting list, and only a smaller fraction yet of those actually come to transplant. The unfortunate result of this is that many people actually die waiting for an organ. 120,000 people currently are on... Uh, our waiting list in the United States, and less than a third of these receive transplants. And many die waiting for an organ. So, it would really be nice to have an unlimited supply of uh, organs. And xenotransplantation uh, potentially could fill this need. Most of the field feels that uh, pigs would be the most desirable organ source for human transplantation for a number of reasons, which I'll come back to. However, pigs, and most mammalian species, and also non-mammalian species, in fact, express uh, an antigen that is quite ubiquitous and that has posed a major barrier to xenotransplantation uh, for many years. And that is uh, an epitope called alpha-1,3-gal, which is a terminal carbohydrate modification of many glycoproteins and glycolipids... Um, that is present in most species. And it's uh, made by an enzyme called alpha-1,3-gal transferase. As it happens, uh, old-world monkeys, and subsequently humans, uh, have a mutation in this enzyme gene, and therefore don't make this epitope. And because many species, like bacteria and other microbes, do have the alpha-1-gal epitope, we all get exposed to it. And therefore, we have antibodies in our circulation, that recognize alpha-gal. These are called natural antibodies uh, because they're there without any known exposure uh, to a pig or anything else, Uh, but nevertheless um, they're... they're present in all human sera. And what those can do, uh, if you do a transplant from a a pig to an old-world primate, is uh, they can immediately bind to the endothelial cells of the graft fixed complement Uh, and cause hyperacute rejection, or a more delayed form of rejection, called delayed xenograft rejection. So, this has been a major obstacle to the field that actually was overcome uh, by a technological advancement, which is the ability to genetically engineer pigs. And um, in the early 2000s, uh, this gene... this enzyme gene, alpha-1,3-galactosyl transferase, was actually knocked out of a pig. And that has really uh, helped to transform the field now these pigs that uh, we use at, in our studies at Columbia are actually a special line of pigs that have been generated for over forty years uh, uh, through inbreeding uh, by David Sachs, uh, who was part of our Columbia team, and that are miniature swine, and so they 're actually uh, a good size for organ transplantation to human. Uh, because they're closer to our size, rather than the 1,000 pounds that a a regular pig uh, can grow to. Um, So, the alpha-1-gal gene was knocked out of uh, these miniature swine uh, in the early 2000s. And this is a picture of the first uh, such animal, and it was perfectly healthy. And these animals now uh, are are available uh, for uh, research on a regular basis. Now, other groups also uh, have knocked out alpha-gal from from more conventional-sized pigs. And this really led to a transformation in the field overall. Um, This sort of shows you the progress of uh, the field uh, in terms of uh, pig organ survival uh, in xenotransplantation to primates. Uh, Before 1980, it was minutes. Uh, In the 1980s, uh, immunoabsorption... Uh, procedures were, were developed to get rid of natural antibodies, and that prolonged graft survivals to hours. In the 1990s, um, the first transgenic pigs were made that expressed human-complement regulatory proteins, and that, combined with immunosuppre- advances in immunosuppression, permitted xenograft survivals for, of days to weeks. And then in the 2000s, with the development of these gal knockout pigs, uh, survivals improved to months. And as I'll show you, in the 2010s, we've come even further than that. Now, there are three approaches, major approaches, um, to overcoming xenograft barriers. And these can really be used in combination. One is immunosuppressive therapy. The second is genetic engineering, as I've already mentioned. And the third is tolerance induction. And we think that tolerance is going to be an important component uh, of successful clinical xenotransplantation. Uh, because of the very uh, high level of immunity that we have uh, to these highly disparate uh, uh, donors. Um, This is a slide showing uh, a paper uh, from Mohi et al. that was published a couple of years ago (coughs) that shows how far we've come in getting uh, graft survival from pigs into non-human primates using immunosuppression and genetic engineering. Um, (coughs) So, uh, this... Uh, study involved the use of pigs uh, that had been engineered to Uh, They they were alpha-gal transferase knockout pigs that had this human complement regulatory protein, CD46, and human thrombomodulin, which inhibits coagulation. Um, And these hearts were transplanted heterotopically, so they're not functioning hearts, but they were put in the abdomen as a sort of accessory heart in these baboons. Uh, And what you see is very, very long survival of uh, the animals that got the uh, full immunosuppressive regimen and uh unfortunately the the survival was very dependent on high doses of that immunosuppression as soon as it was reduced the grafts were rejected but you can see that the number of days these grafts survived is uh close to 1000 so we now have survival of uh of these heart grafts for uh several years Okay, well, there's other things that can be done to uh, pigs in terms of genetic engineering to help uh, facilitate xenotransplantation. Uh, Some people are thinking about removing the major histocompatibility complex antigens, the MHC of the pig, which is referred to as the SLA, so that they can't be seen by the immune system. This is an interesting approach, but it has some limitations. First of all, uh, indirect uh, recognition of uh, processed and presented uh, antigen from the pig uh, could lead to uh, destruction by other mechanisms uh, involving uh, cytokines, etc. Secondly, uh, a lack of MHC will make a a, a cell more prone to be uh, attacked by natural killer cells. This can be overcome with some further genetic engineering, potentially. Um, But thirdly, if a graft doesn't have any SLA molecules, any MHC, it can't present antigen to T cells at all, and so T cells can't protect the graft from infections. So, that's a potential problem. so, our approach is not to get rid of uh, uh, the MHC on the... on the donor, but instead to try and re-educate the recipient's immune system to regard the donor itself by inducing tolerance. And there's two approaches to tolerance that I'm going to speak about. One is mixed chimerism. And uh, as you'll see, this tolerizes T cells and B cells, and also even natural killer cells. Um, and the second is thymic transplantation, which tolerizes T cells. So, um, many years ago, we actually uh, tried to develop a non-myeloblative, low-toxicity, potentially uh, clinically relevant method of inducing mixed chimerism in the closely related species rat to mice. And this uh, shows you the regimen that involved uh, monoclonal antibodies against T cells and natural killer cells, uh, local radiation to the thymus, and a very low non-myeloblative dose of total body radiation. And these animals did develop mixed chimerism and were tolerant of their donors. And it showed... this slide shows you that these chimeric animals actually accepted uh, skin grafts from those rat donors without any immunosuppression, whereas they uh, were still competent to reject skin grafts from a third-party rat. So, the tolerance was quite specific for that uh, rat... Uh, bone marrow donor. Um, And interestingly, this chimerism was sort of... it it lasted a long time, but only at very, very low levels over time. And yet we could see that the T-cell tolerance uh, was mediated by the presence of donor antigen-presenting cells in the recipient thymus that led to central deletion of donor-reactive T-cells. Using this uh, model, we are also able to look at uh, how, what, what happens to an innate immune response, particularly natural antibodies. Um, mice do have natural antibodies against the rat, and that's how we did our first studies. But later, when this alpha-gal enzyme uh, was identified, mice, uh, like most species, do have alpha-gal, so they don't have anti-gal natural antibodies. But by knocking out the alpha-gal transferase from mice... Uh, one could now produce a mouse that resembled a human in having natural antibodies against gal. And so now we could ask, what happens when we do a rat bone marrow transplant uh, to these mice? The rats do express alpha-gal. Will we tolerize the B cells specific for gal uh, in in addition to uh, everything else? And what we found was, indeed, that we could tolerize anti-gal natural antibody-forming B cells by induction of mixed chimerism, um, and that we could thereby prevent both T-cell-mediated and antibody-mediated rejection. That's illustrated here, um, where we have uh, several groups of mice, both wild-type and alpha-gal knockout mice, so gal T++ and minus-minus, that either receive the conditioning but no rat bone marrow transplant, or that receive conditioning with a rat bone marrow transplant, so they develop mixed chimerism. And what happens is this conditioning actually really bumps up the level of anti-gal antibodies in these mice. So if you just put in a rat heart to one of these mice, uh, it's actually very quickly rejected. Some of them are, are hyperacutely rejected, others with a more delayed vascular rejection type of pattern. Uh, in wild-type mice that just get the conditioning, so they don't have the anti-gal, They still have lots of T-cell immunity to the rat, and they reject by a cellular rejection mechanism within a week or so. But our mixed chimeras, whether they're wild-type or gal knockout recipients, uniformly accept those rat-heart grafts, showing that both the antibody-mediated and the T-cell-mediated rejection processes are avoided. Uh, by induction of mixed chimerism. This slide illustrates uh, one of those hyperacutely rejected hearts in a conditioned gal knockout mouse. You can see that within 30 minutes, that graft has turned black. It's it's completely rejected uh, due to this antibody-mediated mechanism. Whereas, uh, if you look at the wild-type animal here, that doesn't have anti-gal antibody, uh, the heart is still and beating at that 30-minute time point. So, to summarize, mixed chimerism can be induced in gal transferase knockout mice using non-mylidative conditioning and high doses of rat bone marrow. Mixed chimerism in this model leads to rapid tolerization of anti-gal-secreting B cells. And um, it, it, through a number of studies, we showed that this was true tolerance uh, of the B cells. And in the grafting studies you sh- saw, Uh, we were able to prevent hyperacute rejection, delayed xenograft rejection, cellular rejection, and chronic rejection of these primarily vascularized cardiac xenografts. Um, Another innate component of the innate immune system is natural killer cells. And what we observed early on in these rat-to-mouse studies was that they actually pose a very strong barrier to engraftment of rat bone marrow, much more so than to allogenate bone marrow. Uh, for example. And so, in this rat-to-mouse mixed chimerism model, we included antibodies to deplete natural killer cells, as well as another uh, sort of innate subset of T cells, the gamma-delta T cells, we found, also had to be depleted uh, to get mixed chimerism. So, there's more barriers to xenografts... Uh, xenogra- xenogeneic hematopoietic cells than to allogeneic hematopoietic cells uh, from the innate immune system. Okay, Um, well, what about natural killer cells? So, we deplete them, but they come back uh, after we've induced mixed chimerism with this regimen. We wanted to know whether those NK cells that come back are tolerant to the rat, or whether they uh, still have anti-rat reactivity. Well, this is a complicated slide showing an old-fashioned type of assay for measuring NK cell activity in vitro... in vivo. It's called the IUDR uptake assay. And with this assay, we discovered that induction of mixed chimerism uh, uh, from the rat uh, led to tolerance to the rat. But that was associated with a global hyporesponsiveness of NK cells. In contrast, conditioning alone... Uh, did not uh, lead to this effect. So, it clearly had to do with the presence of rat chimerism. So, uh, from this, we concluded that mixed xenogeneic chimerism leads to tolerance of T cells, B cells making natural antibodies of all specificities, and natural killer cells. So, in more recent years, we have actually been able to test these ideas uh, and see whether it holds up in the pig-human combination, not by doing human transplants to... Uh, pig transplants to humans, but instead by creating human immune systems in immunodeficient mice. And these are what we call humanized mice. Um, and this is a model developed in the laboratory of Guang uh, Yang uh, several years ago, where he takes immunodeficient mice, gives them a little bit of whole body radiation, and then transplants uh, a fetal... Uh, uh, climate tissue under the kidney capsule and gives uh, human bone marrow stem cells intravenously. And he also constructed uh, immunodeficient mice to express porcine cytokine genes that are important for porcine hematopoiesis. And in doing that, could then get pig bone marrow to engraft, as well when given to these mice that get human hematopoietic stem cell grafts. And uh, use this model to ask whether or not uh, tolerance could be achieved uh, by induction of mixed chimerism in the human immune system. And this slide shows you the coexistence of pig and human cells in one immunodeficient mouse, Uh, now 25 weeks post-transplant. You can see that there are human cells, and pig cells uh, by flow cytometry with specific antibodies. This is a pan-pig antibody, and this is a human CD45 antibody. Uh, They're coexisting, uh, lifelong, uh, in these animals. And most importantly, uh, when pig skin grafts were put onto these... uh, these mixed chimeras, um, it was found that the animals rejected third-party pig skin grafts, but accepted the donor skin grafts. This one animal died uh, at 40 days, but the others showed this pattern of uh, long-term acceptance of the donor skin and rejection of the third-party skin uh, 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 from the pig. Uh, In contrast, animals that are not humanized, they're not reconstituted, they're not able to reject any skin grafts, whereas those that are reconstituted with the human immune systems uh, but don't get mixed chimerism, uh, they, for the most part, reject uh, both types of pig skin grafts. So, this shows you that human-specific uh, tolerance uh, to the pig can be induced by induction of this mixed xenogenetic chimerism. Um, so... and uh, with other studies, these, these results proved that central T-cell tolerance of human T-cells can be achieved to porcine xenografts through induction of mixed hematopoietic chimerism. Um, more recently, uh, in our laboratory, we have asked whether human natural killer cells can also be tolerized to pig by induction of mixed chimerism, as we saw occurred in the rat to mouse model. Um, To do this, we've had to take humanized mice uh, and induce mixed chimerism in the way that I just showed you, uh, with pig bone marrow in in, uh, pig cytokine transgenic recipients, and um, now uh, do some maneuvers to uh, induce uh, production of human natural killer cells, uh, because they need human IL-15 to be produced. But in doing this, we're able to show... Uh, that some of these uh, uh, mixed chimeras do indeed show specific tolerance uh, to the pig donor. And that's illustrated here. Uh, If you look at the uh, open symbols, I hope you can see them, um, that uh, both the open and closed symbols represent... the open symbols represent mixed chimeras, the closed symbols represent uh, controls that are not porcine mixed chimeras, but are just humanized. Uh, And then uh, we have normal human PBMC with a a square and a dashed line. And you can see that the normal human PBMC and that all these mixed chimeras have similar killing of this uh, class 1-deficient target human cell line called K562. So, they have function. But if you look at their killing of pig targets, you see that only the non-chimeras kill the human... The, the pig targets, whereas the mixed chimeras are specifically unresponsive to the uh, pig targets. Now, that's one uh, pattern that we saw. In other animals, we saw this other pattern called global hyporesponsiveness, where the mixed chimeras shown with the open symbols, uh, now didn't respond to the uh, uh, common target, K562, and also didn't respond to the pig. So, there were two types of tolerance. One that was desirable, where it was specific for the pig. Another where there was a more global uh, dysfunction of the natural killer cells, uh, which is not uh, uh, the ultimate endpoint that we would like. So, now we're working on engineering pigs uh, in a way that will make them resistant to human natural killer cells. to summarize what I've said so far, mixed xenogenic chimerism leads to tolerance of T cells, B cells, natural killer cells. Um, and so far, these conclusions seem to apply in the human pig-to-human combination in humanized mice, as well as the rat-to-mouse. I haven't shown you human B cell tolerance, but in work that's ongoing, that seems to occur as well. Okay, well, there's another innate barrier that um, gets in the way of mixed chimerism, and and that is mediated by macrophages. Um, Studies in in baboons and also uh, in in murine models uh, have shown that mixed chimerism uh, from a highly disparate xenogeneic donor can be extremely short-lived due to destruction by macrophages of those xenogenic cells as soon as they come in. Now, why are they so quickly eaten by macrophages? Well, it turns out that there is a major molecular interaction that tells macrophages not to eat circulating cells. Uh, this is the CD47-SERP-alpha uh, pathway, and this is what prevents our macrophages from normally eating up our erythrocytes, only when an erythrocyte gets old and uh, loses CD47 expression does it get taken up by a macrophage uh, and destroyed. So, CD47 uh, is a ligand for SERP alpha which is an inhibitory receptor expressed on macrophages that t- gives the macrophage a don't-eat-me signal. As it turns out, uh, porcine CD47 does not transmit that inhibitory signal to human or baboon SERP alpha resulting in just unopposed activation of those macrophages and rapid destruction of the porcine porcine cells. So, um, based on this, we hypothesized that another genetic modification of the pig, namely uh, putting in the human CD47 gene into these miniature swine, would make them better Uh, hematopoietic cell donors and give us more lasting mixed chimerism. And indeed, that seems to be the case. So, this is a study uh, from David Sachs' lab showing that uh, uh, peripheral blood uh, stem cells, mobilized stem cells, uh, from the uh, CD47 high transgenic pig led to quite prolonged chimerism, shown in the lower right quadrant of each of these uh, uh, plots, uh, compared to blood stem cells from a CD47 low pig that really didn't express detectable human CD47. So, this uh, CD47 seems to be markedly prolonging the survival of pig hematopoietic cells in the circulate... in the baboon recipient. And this is associated with uh, prolongation of of pig skin grafts, so uh, what you see on this slide is uh, the survive, uh, what what these pig skin grafts on these baboons looked like uh, at 14 days in in the control animal that uh, rege- very quickly rejected this uh, skin graft? This this animal got pig PBSCs but without high CD forty seven, and you can see it's rejecting already at 14 days. And histologically, there's a lot of rejection there. Uh, in contrast, the grafts were much prolonged in the CD forty seven. Uh, high uh, pig, uh, PBSC recipients. And this graph, at 42 days, still looked beautiful, uh, with really very little infiltration of lymphocytes at that point. Um, so, this is a, a very important uh, aspect of, of the approach that we're using to induce uh, mixed chimerism and tolerance, now, in non-human primate... Uh, Recipients. The second approach uh, to xenograft tolerance is thymic transplantation. And ultimately, we think this one is going to be useful uh, in conjunction with the hematopoietic uh, chimerism. And um, this work actually uh, uh, builds on studies that we did back in the 1990s, where we showed that if we took normal immunocompetent mice, removed their thymus, and T-cell depleted them temporarily, uh, gave monoclonal antibodies to T cells, to the mice, and then put in a pig thymus graft. The pig thymus would replace the mouse thymus that we've removed, generate a whole new repertoire of T cells, and those T cells were tolerant of the pig, so that you could put this pig skin graft onto an immunocompetent mouse, and it wasn't rejected. So, um, we've shown that this same approach works in a human immune system, in human... humanized mice. Now, constructing these humanized mice, instead of with a human... excuse me, fetal thymus graft, putting in porcine uh, fetal thymus tissue, um, and then uh, giving the same human stem cells to both groups. And what we find... the... the graft that we put under the kidney capsule of these mice, the... the fetal thymus graft, is very, very small. It's one cubic uh, millimeter. And you can see now, these are, uh, these are animals that are, are euthanized after the graft has had a chance to grow. And it was put under the kidney capsule, and uh, this uh, reddish thing is the kidney, and the white thing is the graft that has grown to be just as big as the kidney. And the same occurs if it's a, a fetal uh, pig uh, thymus tissue, uh, as, as we see. Uh, with, with, with human thymus tissue. And both of them really look the same uh, in terms of the, the profile of, of cells in the thymus graph. So, these are human thymocytes in the human thymus graph showing a very normal CD4 CD8 profile, showing regulatory T cells in normal percentages. And this is the, the uh, same stem cells developing a pig thymus graph. They're really quite indistinguishable uh, phenotypically from what we see in a human thymus graph. And most importantly, once again, um, putting in this pig thymus, allowing human T cells to develop in a pig thymus, leads to specific tolerance uh, to the pig. Uh, So, what we're looking at here is survival of pig skin grafts from the pig... the same genetically uh, similar donor to the pig that gave the bone marrow cells, versus a third-party pig that is SLA mismatched to the donor pig. And in mice with a pig thymus, uh, you can see that the donor pig skin graft is markedly survived... uh, skin grafts are are markedly prolonged, whereas the third-party grafts are rejected in most cases. Uh, Whereas when those human T cells developed in a human thymus, uh, they uniformly reject the pig skin grafts. So, we've induced specific skin graft tolerance with this thymus transplant. Um, applying this in a large animal model, um, uh, Kazimata and colleagues in our center have uh, developed a regimen for immunosuppression uh, that al- and also have adapted the thymus transplant approach to be primarily vascularized, so it functions more quickly uh, rather than just being put as a piece under the kidney capsule. Uh, he actually does this in several ways, but one way is to take the donor pig, take out its thymus cut it into pieces, and put it under the kidney capsule, multiple pieces, of the donor pig. And then sew that animal back up and allow that uh, thymus graft to coalesce and, and grow and become functional. And then transplanting the thymal kidney on block as a single graft to a non-human primate. Uh, the other approach is to just take out the thymus graft, thymus from the pig and vascularize it primarily uh, in the uh, primate recipient. And uh, the results that uh, we've achieved with this approach are are very, very exciting. Um, We... this is an example of an animal uh, that got... a a baboon that got a life-supporting pig kidney uh, that has normal kidney function at six months post-transplant. That's sustaining uh, that baboon's life, uh, normal creatinine. And uh, the kidney looks perfect. There's uh, really uh, no histologic abnormality and no antibody binding uh, to that kidney. This animal, unfortunately, uh, had to be euthanized uh, for other reasons. And in vitro studies uh, on this animal uh, that aren't on the slide actually showed donor-specific unresponsiveness uh, to... to that pig. So, we think this is really applicable and uh, very exciting as an approach to tolerance induction. So, to summarize, we can achieve human T-cell and NK-cell tolerance to porcine xenoantigens via mixed chimerism induction in humanized mice. Uh, Mixed xenogeneic chimerism can be enhanced in primates by using human CD47 transgenic pigs as source animals. Uh, Porcine thymic transplantation as a regulatory mechanism to the tolerance, uh, which I I didn't go into, but that uh, seems to be uh, very important in suppressing T cells that you can't get rid of prior to the pig transplant. And ultimately, we think a combination of mixed chimerism and thymic transplantation and some further genetic modifications of the pigs will make xenotransplantation uh, and tolerance uh, clinically achievable and, and safe. Um, so, many, many people have contributed to this work. Um, this is a list of some of the key players uh, in the large animal studies, and uh, many people also in the humanized uh, mouse work uh, that I spoke about. So, will thank you for your attention, and stop there.